Meanwhile, at Manage Comics, coming to you from a secret underground lair, these dedicated heroes discuss the business of comics, industry news, comic book retail issues, and the latest developments from Manage Comics. They are promoters of comics, champions of small business, and four-color heroes. They are the Manage Comics team. Hey everyone, it's Brian. Welcome to the fifth episode of Meanwhile at Manage Comics. And today we are going to talk all about Comics Pro. I'm going to bore you to death with data. Um, we're going to talk about some of the cool things that happened at Comics Pro. And we're also going to discuss um, kind of something I've been passionate about for quite a while and that the comics industry has really gotten behind in the last 18 months or so. Um, we're going to talk about the comics data working group and hopefully kind of the what's next for us. So let's jump right into things. And I want to start off by talking about something that literally just happened about a half an hour ago. And this is something that happens a lot. Uh, so image comics sent out some press releases about battle chasers. Number 10. Amazing, right? This is uh, this is a comic that is been a long time, uh, you know, in the making. Uh, it's 22 years, I think, since issue number nine or something crazy like that. And we immediately got requests from stores to add it to our database. So I went online and looked for info. And all I could find was there was a diamond code. There's no UPC code. There's no real solicited information. There's no text. There's no, um, you know, nothing. So I told the customer that we can't add it. We can't add anything until we have a UPC code. And then I smartly or maybe wrongly realized that issue nine's UPC code has most of the information we need for issue 10. So I put that together. I kind of cobbled together a solicitation. I grabbed whatever information was out there and we are going to have to watch this like a hawk. So this is not something sustainable. This isn't something that we can do, you know, month after month if this kind of thing happens. So why is this a bad thing for the industry? Well, when a press release like this happens, customers get super excited. They want to order that product. So they're going to contact their retailer. The retailer is going to say, hey, let's just pull up uh, managed comics and or whatever solution they have and let's add that. But, hey, I can't. This product is 22 years old. 22 years ago? Spoiler alert. There were no managed comics or comic hubs or comic shop assistant or even like comics suite wasn't able to, to do kind of comic subscriptions like that back then. So... This data isn't in a system. So now the customer is like, okay, well, I guess I can't order this for you. And the retailer says, sorry, I, I can't order it. And the customer says, oh, okay, well, I'll just remember it later. And the customer forgets. And the news cycle is completely wasted. Why are you spending money getting promotions out when nobody can buy your product? The book market does not have this problem. 
in the book market and ISBN is, is issued before any marketing happens. Now, there may be no solicited information about it. There may be no cover. There may be no blurb. We may only know who the writer is, but the ISBN is issued before any press goes out. And sometimes it's issued like a couple of years in advance. So I'm reaching out to the publishers right now and I'm, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, get us data before you promote something. This isn't going to be the last time you're going to hear this, but but the, because it's so fresh and I just spent literally 40 minutes putting together the data for one comic, which by the way is ridiculous and I shouldn't have to do that. I beg you, please, please, please help us sell your product. All I want in my life is to sell more comics. And I love Battle Chasers, one of my like top 10 favorite comics of all time. Took forever to get nine issues out, but today I'm not a Battle Chasers fan. All right, let's get into kind of the good stuff. Um, so Managed Comics was at Comics Pro last week. And what is Comics Pro? It's a comics retail trade organization. Um, they offer retailer support. They offer discounted credit card rates, health insurance benefits, mentoring programs. They advocate for the industry. And some of the things that they've advocated for include final order cutoff, um, they've been advocating about shipping and that diamond shipping is too expensive and diamond made some changes to their shipping at comics pro largely because of lobbying by the comics pro, um, organization. And they're constantly doing things that you don't know about behind the scenes to make stuff better. And one of the reasons you have returnability on products is because of things that comics pro has done. Um, I highly recommend that you join Comics Pro if you're not already. It's an amazing organization. You get incredible peer support from your peers. Um, the things that they're doing is spectacular. Uh, the the book, it's called Bink. Um, I'm so sorry that I don't know the, the name of the acronym. But during the pandemic, um, Bink supported a lot of retailers and their employees. Um, and that was largely because comics pro reached out to bank. So yeah, just what a great organization. And it's so nice to have groups like that, um, you know, helping the industry get better. And I, I think that they are a large reason why the industry is as good as it is right now. And, you know, they have the, we had 150 or so retailers there that represents like seven percent of the industry physically face to face with you guys as busy as you are um you know it was pretty inspiring to see and there was representatives from most of the major publishers we had dc marvel uh people from boom philip from boom was there idw you know across the board so it's an awesome organization uh take a look at comicspro.org and see if you can sign up because I highly recommend it. I think it's uh, great. So we'll talk a little bit about the Comics Pro meeting that just wrapped up. Um, there's a great article on ICV2. Easiest way to find it is to uh, go to ICV2 and Google Comics Pro. It'll also be in the um, description of the video. So make sure you, you check that out. But uh, Jen Haynes, the owner of the Dragon in Guelph, and also the 
president of Comics Pro. Uh, talked a little bit with Rob Selkowitz about the Comics Pro organization and, or sorry, Summit. And one of the things she talked about and said was one of the highlights, which I'm pretty proud of, um, was the data meta talk, which we're going to talk about a little bit here. So before we get to the Comics Pro talk, I would like to talk a little bit about our roundtable. So um, one of my favorite parts of Comics Pro is the roundtables. They're 90 minutes long. We do two a day. Um, there's two on Friday and two on the Saturday. They're 10 minutes long each. So every 10 minutes, we cycle through another group of one to six retailers or people. Sometimes it's vendors. Um, and they all come and talk to us about our products. Uh, there's publishers there. So right next to me was Boom Studios. They had a great little presentation that they were giving folks. Um, you know, BCW Supplies was showing uh, their supplies and things like that. And we had a chance to show managed comics. So to me, as a vendor, it's the most useful thing for the weekend for me um, because I have a chance to do one-on-one. -on -one. I ended up with a whole whack load of business cards um, that I'll be getting in touch with people about uh, managed comics. And I've already had three demos this week. So for me, it's really, really well worth the time. Um, I wanted to be a comics pro, whether I was a, a vendor or not. Um, just because I think it's important to be there. But this just gives an extra kind of icing on the cake, I guess. Um, so it's a chance for us to speak with retailers, find out what their issues are, and really dem demonstrate managed comics. So I, I did it all on an iPad um, backwards, which was fun. The first couple presentations were pretty terrible, and then they got better. What I really like about it is it forces me to refine my pitch. So I've got a pretty tight, like eight minute sales pitch now at this point, after having done this, like, I don't know, nine, 18, 36 times over the weekend. Um, I think my, my pitch is pretty good. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just roll that clip and let you guys see the full managed comics demo. Hey, it's Brian from Managed Comics, and we are going to do a quick 10-minute demo of Managed Comics. Um, and let's jump right into it. So Managed Comics is a, a Shopify app. So everything about Managed Comics is actually embedded into your Shopify store. Right now, I'm on a Shopify website. So every one of the stores that uses Managed Comics looks a little bit different um, because they have full control over the front end of their site. So the power of managed comics comes from the my subscriptions tab um, and we provide all the data and information that's within this tab so everything that you're seeing here is actually powered by managed comics and what's that what that means is that we are constantly updating the data um, we update it three times a week right now we have plans to do nightly refreshes uh, and basically we also have human eyes on the data at all times to make sure it looks good and that it's uh, performing well so um, as a customer, I can log into 007. And if something is before the final order cutoff, I can modify the subscription. So I can update which cover I want. Um, I can also pre-order upcoming covers. So if I want to pre-order a 1 in 10 or a 1 in 20 variant, I can. 
as a store, you have the power to take that over and to um, only allow open orders or allow orders on certain um, ver ratioed variants. And you also have the power to charge whatever you want to for those. So uh, that's all kind of on the um, administration side. And I'll show you a little bit about what that looks like in a second. Um, as a customer, I'm going to see my subscriptions and I'm going to see my entire subscription list, uh, everything that's coming out for me in the future. I'll see things like first pull 007 for King Country. Number one, cover a listener is going to be my first pull on that. Um, I also see things like final poll, 8 billion genies, number eight, uh, because I canceled it after the FOC for 8 billion genies, number eight. So I'm going to get the next issue of it. I can also see my pulled orders at any given time. So right now I only have Nightwing in my polls. Managed Comics also sends out emails once a week about your pulled orders. And then I have build orders. So these are the orders um, that have been built in my uh, in my um, system. So if a customer goes ahead and uh, hasn't been in for, let's say a month, you can actually invoice them and it will send them an invoice in the e in email. And then they can go through and pay for it right through your Shopify store, which will then track the sale and everything. Um, that's kind of the front end in a nutshell. There's a lot of really kind of cool little extra features such as every active product also becomes an advertisement for your subscriptions. So there becomes a um, subscribe to series button underneath active products. This is an inactive series because it's Superman, son of Kal-El. Um, but yeah, any active series would also have a subscribe to series. So basically every page on your website could be a advertisement for subscribers. So what stores like Challengers Comics and Conversations behind me have said is that they actually have way more subscriptions because of this. And um, the existing subscribers that they had are subscribing to more products. Let's jump into the actual backend because it is a, because Managed Comics is a Shopify app, I'm going to go through Shopify to get to Managed Comics. And right away, I'm going to see that I've got a couple of things that people want to need approvals for. So I'm going to go ahead and approve this um, bylines in blood because it's just a trade paperback. I don't need to uh, mark it up at all. But I am going to edit the uh, 1 in 10. And I'm going to make the price $9.99. And I'm going to say this is a ratio variant. So Brian will actually now have the opportunity. And he gets an email that says that this, uh, this has been changed. And he will have an opportunity in his subscriptions to accept or delete that. So um, let's say that he wants to go ahead and accept the one in 10 price at eight ninety nine because it also includes his discount of 10%. He's gonna go ahead and say accept. Um, in the approval process, I could have also said, uh, don't, don't allow a discount. So the, that person has a 10% discount um, and discounts are kind of built in. Um, from the administration, of course, I can edit anybody's subscriptions at any time. I can um, even like end a subscription as of 1053. So I can say that will be the last issue that they'll get. Um, I can go in and add new items. I can clone subscriptions from Guardians of the Galaxy to the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, all these tools are built in. But of course, 
every week when I do my uh, check-ins, I'm going to actually go ahead and uh, go out and fetch my CSV from Diamond, Lunar, and Penguin Random House and just upload those CSVs into the system. Um, once the CSV has been generated and it goes through the subscription process, I end up with a pull list that looks like this. So this says, this is all the people that I need um, to pull. I only pulled one title, which was Nightwing. And I'll see a list of all the folks that need Nightwing. I can sort this a number of different ways, including by first name, last name, subscriber ID, and title. Um, you can also print this list out. It's very nicely uh, sorted when it's printed out. Or you can download it as a CSV, and then you can slice and dice it however you'd like. We have two different CSVs. Download full data CSV actually provides all of the um, pricing information and stuff. We've had a few customers that use different point of sales that just need all the information so that they can enter it into their point of sale quickly. And downloading CSV is just a really clean CSV that is basically a CSV version of what you're seeing right here. Um, from there, uh, I'm going to pop into ordering. So when I need to do my ordering, I can just hit a couple buttons and I can see all the items that I currently have subscriptions for. So that's orders. And I can change my shelf quantities of things. So if I want to add five items here, uh, I can go ahead and do that. Everything quietly saves in the background. So you're not having to constantly push save all the time. Um, but then I can also look at all items that have quantities. I can look at just new series. Um, and it's all super fast. So you'll notice that everything takes like a microsecond. And that's because Shopify requires us to do a lot of things in terms of data prote protection, as well as just speed in general. So they, they're they pretty adamant about making sure that everything is fast. So you won't be sitting around waiting for pages to load. There's a couple pages that need a little love. Um, our all subscriptions page right now is a little bit slow when you're a large store, um, but we're constantly making tweaks. So because we know that's that's a problem, we're actually working on speeding that up. It's usually just like a little bit of indexing and we'll get it done. FOCs, you upload your FOC every week and then you can recalculate your subscription quantities, which pulls in any new subscriptions and you just save and download that file. Um, we've also done a cool little thing with uh, PRH. Um, so working with them, we know that they actually uh, just let you copy and paste things. So you can actually generate a PRH file um, for upload. Let me just refresh the data on this view real quick. Fresh orders. There we go. Now I'm going to generate a pink. So if I had any items um, that I needed to order for PRH, they would all show up here. And then I can just copy that text and paste it into my Penguin Random House order. Um, yeah, there's a ton of different things that Manage Comics does. You have a lot of control over your settings and you can get in there and really, you know, adjust different things. You can change the name of your button. You can change the colors of things. Um, you can add terms of service. We have boilerplate terms of service in there. You can change your discount rates by, um, like kind of quantity of active subscriptions. You change your tags, ratio variance, shipping options, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a ton of different abilities. You can choose which distributors you want to get from which publishers. And we even break it down by comics and graphic novels. Um, 
change which product types are available on the front end for your store, your customers to um, order from. Although your back end, your admin will always have everything. We also have an email system built in to manage comics. So if you need to send your customers an email, um, you can send these really, really nice formatted emails that have all your branding and everything, which we get out of Shopify and bring over to here. So that's kind of the 10 minute manage comics in a nutshell. Look at that nine minutes and 54 seconds. Um, so that's basically how manage comics works. And if you'd like more information about manage comics, just go to managecomics.com and click on the little uh, get more info about manage comics in the top left hand corner. And we'll get back to you and, and try and get a meeting with you and, and talk to you about managed comics. Super easy to install, takes less than eight minutes. And we have um, our famous eight minute uh, video online as well that you can see how easy it is to manage com to install managed comics. So I hope we hear from you soon. And uh, I'll let you get back to whatever you were doing 10 minutes ago. I know what you were doing 10 minutes ago. You were hanging out with me, the same guy that you were just talking to. Um, yeah, so that was the demo that we did on, uh, we did 10 different, um, or sorry, 36 different dem demos like that. Uh, and as you can see, I got pretty slick at it at the end. Um, so if you're looking for more information about Managed Comics, go to managedcomics.com and click on the little yellow button in the upper left-hand corner or the uh, kind of middle area, um, you will get the Managed Comics Guide. Um, we'll give you a link to our video, and there's even a place to book a meeting with me. So, yeah, I hope you will do that. So let's talk about metadata. Um, we had a metadata panel, and I was expecting, you know, me and our panel and like seven other people and I was stunned when we walked into the room and there were like 85 human beings. Um, there were retailers, publishers, distributors, Penguin Random House, Lunar, Diamond, and Universal all had people there. Um, moderated by Katie Pride, um, featuring myself and, oh, I want to do that one. Django Boren from the Comics Place and Comic Shop Assistant, Jessica Wells from PRH Distribution, and Stu Colson from Comic Hub. So there were plenty of folks there um, who kind of get this stuff. Seeing the people in the audience, um, again, Penguin Random House, Diamond, Lunar, everybody was there. Publishers were there, tons of publishers, uh, and plenty, plenty of retailers. So I was so happy to see that much, um, you know, participation. I honestly thought, and, and just looking at this, you know, so many different folks here, I thought it was going to be me and the gang and 15 people. So uh, we were really, really happy about the, the people that came out. Um, I'm going to do kind of a quick summary of what was talked about. We'll, we'll go into a couple things in detail. As soon as Comics Pro makes the full video, the video was recorded. Um, as soon as they make it available, I'm going to make sure that I link to it and that we, uh, you know, I'll republish stuff and, and make sure folks get to see it because I think this is a hugely important thing. This is, we've been dedicating time every week for the last 18 months to this. 
Um, I did a quick calculation of the amount of money that data has cost us in the last two years. It's $71,000, which is a lot of money. Um, in, in the last 18 months, it's cost $71,000 uh, because we track all of our work against tickets. And I can do a quick um, summary of how many of those tickets were data related, how many of those tickets were, you know, managed comics problems. The largest number of tickets that come into our system are data related. So um, this is costing us money, which means it's costing more people money, right? Like is costing Comic Hub, costs Comic Suite, it costs everybody money. It's costing the distributors money and it's also costing publishers money. Um, so Comics Pro 2023 is a unique opportunity. More distributors fundamentally disrupted the, the data landscape. And what we mean by that is pre-Diamond doing all the data, you know, it was fairly simple, even though the data back then definitely wasn't sufficient enough. Um, having more distributors, now we have to match series codes together. We need to make sure that covers are the same across distributors. Uh, it, it got a lot harder. Comics Pro 2023 was the first time representatives from all the major distri distributors were in the same place, as well as retailers and publishers since 2020. So it's been like three years since we've had everybody together. So we wanted to capture this opportunity to address the ongoing problems and get by it. And just by having that many people in the room at the time, we knew we had some buy-in. So what's wrong with data right now? Until 2020, there was a de facto standard, which we called the way Diamond does things. With new distributors, that standard is broken down. With no standard, data is in chaos. Disruption creates an opportunity to imagine something better. So one of the things about Diamond, for better or for worse, is that they used to enforce a lot of these data standards. So things wouldn't get solicited until they had certain things. Um, barcodes required were required to be a specific way. And if you didn't adhere to the Diamond way of doing your barcodes, your products wouldn't get solicited. So a lot of people hated that, you know, because Diamond, how dare you? But at the same time, publisher, how dare you put bad data out there? Uh, getting back to our goodness. So what retailers really need to understand about metadata is that data should describe the true attributes of a product. So big picture, data is truth. Data should not have any bias to it. As soon as I, Brian Garside of Managed Comics, takes your data in and changes it in any way, shape, or form, I am adding a bias to it. That bias is probably for the benefit of the retailers who use Managed Comics, but it is not truth, right? So if I take something that the, that the uh, distributor or the publisher has called a cover A, and because the barcode dictates that it's actually a cover B, I change the information to reflect that it's a cover B, I have fundamentally changed the truth. Me, Brian Garside. I should not need to do that. That should, truth should just, you know, exist. Um, another example is a lot of the times we have to parse words out of things. So ratios is a good example. Diamond doesn't provide us with a ratio column. So we have to parse words. Sometimes those words say one dash in 
dash 10. Sometimes those words say one space in space 10. Those are fundamentally different things. Sometimes they say one slash 10. Each one of those is different. So we parse it to turn it into the number 10 so that we know a ratio is a 10 unit variant. Again, that is not truth. Our bias is that we're saying these strings of characters represent this number. That may or may not be true. So that's what I mean when I say we add biases. Um, and I fundamentally don't believe that I at Manage Comics should be adding editorial biases to products. So that's, that's where we are with this. Uh, good data used well will help you sell more products. Good data used well, as we saw earlier today, will allow customers to order something before it's available. Data flows from a source to a source to an output with stops along the way. So what that means is that we take the data from publishers, that data goes to the distributors, the distributors send that data to somebody like me. I may or may not add or, and at any stop along the way, somebody may or may not add things. Good example. At the publisher level, they have a UPC code. At the distributor level, they have a stock code and an item code. At the managed comics level, we have a global item code so that we can match things to different publishers or different distributors. So the same product that's available from Marvel and Penguin or DC and Penguin Random House, for example, a graphic novel, um, needs to have one identifier from us that can tie the two different items together so that you're getting the individual item code. So that's what I mean when I say we, we have stops along the way. Consistent uniform data unlocks more accurate ordering, more efficient websites, better statistical tracking, improved customer targeting, and most importantly, more money. Because everybody from the creator to the publisher to the distributor to the retailer should be looking for money in ways that we can decrease the amount of money going out and increase the amount of money going in. Because as much as comics are a labor of love, they're also a business. And if we don't make money, we will not be in business anymore. Katie made this amazing, I love this, this graphic. And she, she said, oh, uh, God bless Canva. So this is basically the data, the way data moves in retail. So first of all, a publisher creates an item and associated data, which includes a UPC code, um, you know, creator information, a blurb about it, etc. The distributors receive the publication data. Some standard standardization and cleaning might occur at this stage. And then the data goes to an aggregator. So that might be me um, at Managed Comics. If you use a point of sale system, we're doing work to standardize the distributor data so that it will work with our system. Retailer data received either directly from distributors or data aggregators is used to populate pre-order lists, point of sale systems, and websites. And then co comics customers get that information from their comic shop, which allows them to shop both online and in-store, place subscriptions, pre-orders, and check out efficiently at the register. Um, distributors need to know a few things about metadata. Good data and good SEO can make us all more money. Uh, we should be using the same fields in the same order, in the same format. Uh, 
We need distributors to enforce the data standards with publishers. Diamond used to do this. They don't do it anymore. And we've seen a breakdown in the data since then. And we need publishers on board to make, or distributors on board to make a standards project work. What publishers need to know is that we need them to be active participants in the process. We need to understand how their systems work so that they will allow them, the publishers, to capture all the information necessary for selling their product. We never, ever, ever want to duplicate a barcode ever. We'll get into this a little bit more. And publishers are responsible for the truth and descriptiveness of their data. So the call to action was for the past two years, Comics Pro and others have been engaging in a cross-sector conversations about solutions to the data issues in comics. As a result of these conversations, Comics Pro strongly recommends that we form a working group with representatives from retail, distribution, publishing, and data aggregation tools to do the following. Standardize, create uniform standards for comics meta fields. Uh, publicize and enforce those standards across the industry. Make necessary updates to the standards annually. So let's dive into some of the weeds and we'll get into some of the details. So extended UPC codes have been around since 2008. Diamond uh, created these in 20, 2007 and they started enforcing them in 2008. UPC codes on comics have been around since barcode readers were scanning newsstand copies in the early 90s. And if you actually look at this barcode, uh, it looks similar yet different to what we have now. They used to basically have kind of one code at the beginning, and then every month they would reuse 08, 09, 10, 11. Um, this is exactly the same magazine way magazines do things now. So Diamond came up with this standard uh, and they began enforcing it in 2008. And this is what the standard looked like. So they have the extended barcode standard. Um, the first digit is a product type. So the number seven represents comics. The next five digits represents the company. The next five digits represents a title identifier. So together with the title identifier and the company code, we can basically suss out a series code. The number five is just a tech check digit. Um, it's not a true check digit. This is just basically creating the space between the two things. And the final five digits, uh, the first three represent the issue number. The next one represents the cover printing, uh, the cover type, the variant type. So a one is an A cover, a two is a B cover, etc. And the third digit, the fifth and final digit represents the printing. Not everyone follows this, though. Um, Boom and Dynamite in the beginning of 2020 started their own system where they say only the first two digits in the supplemental represent the issue number. The next two digits represent the cover sequence, and the final digit represents printing. This is great because Diamond and Boom often have more than 10 covers, and so this allows them to have up to 99 covers. Uh, it, unfortunately, it means that their series can never go over 99 issues. So the UPC's strengths and weaknesses, um, UPCs should be a rich a source of information, um, but things that break UPCs as a source of, source of truth include large numbers of variant covers. So what do you do when um, 
uh, Eternals has 41 covers, right? And you only have one number that you can use. Well, they hijack the printing number. But what if you have multiple printings of issue number one? Now you got a real problem. Large prol proliferation of publishers and distributors has meant um, some of the institutional knowledge around how some of this stuff even works isn't there. And then distributors may not know what kind of the background on UPCs and stuff like that are. And as a result, it's not being enforced. When it was just Diamond, Diamond had people who enforced the data standards. We don't have that anymore. Not only that, but data is getting more complex than just being able to show what's available in the, in the UPC. How do we talk about ratios? Um, how do we show uh, public uh, series, series codes, storyline codes, crossover codes, right? How do we do all that stuff? So we need some help. Um, we went into a little bit about data structures. So composite data is when you take a whole bunch of elements and merge them together to create something. So here we have something epic number one, cover A, Kudransky. Um, and then you have to kind of parse that out. So the series is something epic. epic. The issue number is number one. This is cover A. So CVR space A means cover A. Kadransky is the artist. Um, that means that we have to have consistency in that. It can't be cover A versus CVRA because those are two different strings that our system's looking at. And so it's biased because of that. Atomic data, however, will give each individual element its own data field. And this means that we can reassemble this however we want to. So if we've got the, the data in as small a piece as possible, we can now reassemble that so that it is something epic, number one, cover A, Simon Kodansky, um, by Image Comics at 399, open order. So we could do that all with this atomic data without having to parse anything because each piece of it is in its own field. It does require us to have common definitions that we all agree on, and it is unbiased. There's the only bias here would be whatever the um, publishers put into it, which is kind of the way we want things to be. So if something epic is part of the Radiant Universe, then it should have a story, a, a family code of Radiant Universe. So we'll get into family codes in a second. Um, if it's a crossover with like some sort of Image United kind of project, Image United 2023, uh, then it would have a storyline code and we'll get into storylines in a second. In addition to its series code, which will tie all of the issues together, um, you know, each one of these things is a different piece of atomic data. With atomic data that can be built into larger strings of information, we don't have to rely on a complex and brittle process to sniff out series codes and issue sequence numbers from barcodes. And that's from the Comics Data Working Group. ISBNs are a little bit different. Oh, that's the wrong image for an ISBN. Um, an ISBN or ISBN plus five, the first five digits represent the product ID, the second digits represent the price. The same product can ID can have um, sorry, the first 13 digits represent the product ID. Second, 
five digits represent the price. Same product ID can have multiple prices. Supplemental five digits only go up to $99.99. So a product with a price of $125 changed to $150 would have the same supplemental extension. So we talked a little bit about standards in the book industry. Um, Onyx or the online information exchange is the widely adopted uh, format in the book industry. Um, it's an electronic communication XML feed with standardized specifications maintained by an internal organization and regularly updated. It allows for a degree of flexibility depending on publishing choices, yet ensures all publishers, distributors, and retailers are speaking the same language to share rich information about products. By the way, Jess from PRH was the one that presented this piece. Um, the book industry also has an industry membership organization supporting volunteer working groups to establish best practices. Each committee meets monthly to share information, discuss issues, identify potential solutions, and plan educational content in their areas. So some examples include the metadata group, which includes data senders and receivers, and the subject code or BISAC group, which maintains the BISAC subject headings. So we see the book industry as an inspiration and not a solution. Comics have unique data challenges, including series codes, variant covers, master series codes, storylines, reprints, ratios, brands, and we need a comic specialist team to create a similar standard that works for our processes. So breaking down some of these, a series code is a unique identifier for a specific series of comics. So think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, all of the issues of Guardians of the Galaxy are put together. These are assigned by the publisher and each unique series that has a UPC title identifier share a unique series code. A series cannot have two number one issues with different content between the covers, which is why an annual can never be part of its parent series and a one shot can never be part of its parent series. However, we have the concept of a master series code. So a master series code would be used to tie together individual items if they, as if they are series codes. Hellboy is a group of four issue series and one shots, which all take place during a sequential period of time. One customer may want to subscribe to one specific four issue series, while another customer wants all one shots in series, and that would all be in the master series code. Batman as a series would also have Batman the annuals, and maybe even some one-shots, like if they do a villain's one-shot, those could all be um, part of the series. But it is not a series code. It's one level abstracted up from a series code. Now, a storyline is a group of issues that creates a story. It may contain one-shots, annuals, miniseries, or more than one series. So an example of that was Dark Crisis. With Dark Crisis, we had the main Dark Crisis miniseries. We had... Uh, World Without a Justice League, which was a kind of precursor. We had one-shots, including all of the um, Dark Crisis one-shots, uh, like, you know, Dark Crisis Prelude and, and Dark Crisis Epilogue and all that stuff. We also had things like Young Justice Dark Crisis. Um, all those would be part of the storyline. In addition to that, we had Flash, which had a bunch of crossovers into it. Um, there's a couple other titles I can't think of off the top of my head that also had crossovers into Dark Crisis that would be part of the Dark Crisis storyline. So as a customer, if I want to subscribe to the Dark Crisis storyline, I'd be able to do it. 
We also need a reprint indicator. Because the fifth element of the barcode is no longer reliable, we need something that tells us what printing we're in. We would also like a ratio indicator. So let us know what the qualifier for ordering is. Is it an open order? That's a zero. Is it a 10, a one in 10 variant, a 25, a thousand, 10,000, whatever it is, we just need a number that lets us know. Penguin Random House and Lunar do this for us already. We just need anybody else that comes on board to make sure they do it as well. This is super important and should not be said, uh, need to be said. The reuse of UPC codes is unacceptable. If you solicit something with a UPC code, that UPC code is now dead. Do not ever use it again. Ever we mean it really. So if a UPC code comes into my system for, let's call it uh, Amazing Aardvark Adventures, and you cancel it before issue number one comes out, and you don't resolicit it for three years. In the meantime, you have you know Porcupine Pete's Prickly Peril, and you say, hey, we've got this UPC that we were going to use for that other thing. We'll just reuse it here. Well, all your information is not going to automatically override the amazing armadillo man. It's just going to be an extra issue, an extra number one of that same thing. So um, that fundamentally breaks every single system. The book market does not allow this. If you solicit something with an ISBN and you decide not to um, pursue that project, that ISBN is dead. So the same thing is true with UPCs. And UPCs are cheap. They are not expensive. Um, you should be buying UPCs for every project you're doing as a publisher. Series codes for TPBs. These are kind of sporadic right now, but many stores have customers who are subscribed to collected editions in a specific format. Um, Saga is a good example of a series that sometimes outsells the singles with trade paperbacks. A lot of folks that aren't regular comic collectors are just waiting for the trades on that. So um, they need a series code. Right now we have them for a bunch of project products, but series codes are weird for trade paperbacks because in a lot of cases, they probably also need to have storyline codes. So you could have a series code for all Batman, and then you could have storyline codes for things like uh, Nightfall or you know, shadow war or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that works. Here's some of the things that we learned. So this is not going to be an overnight solution. We have a lot of different players that kind of need to get on board that will need to build out their own solutions and we can't break existing processes. Um, some distributors are more on board than others right now know for a fact that one of them is super behind this project. I know for a fact that one of them may or may not have left the room during the project. So uh, during the, the talk. So that's just something to keep in mind that some distributors are super on board and, and really keen to do this. Some of them aren't, and it's going to take some, some kind of finagling to make it happen. Decisions like this do not happen overnight. This is a big machine that has a lot of moving parts, and we can't expect this to just happen tomorrow. We want to do it right. So um, we're not going to rush to any solutions because we want to make sure we get this thing right. 
there are some great things already in place. BISAC categorization is being done for the book market. So we can definitely draft on that and use some of it. Um, a lot of this data is being provided to the digital market right now. Um, I had a great talk with Chip Mosier and I can't remember his name, two of the dudes that co-founded Comixology. And they said, we've been doing this data for like 15 years now. So the data, uh, IDW came up to us afterwards and said, like, we provide pretty much all the data you want to Comixology. There's no reason why you couldn't have it. So that's amazing. That would be great. It doesn't kind of check, check all of our boxes, but it definitely gets us kind of down the road a little bit. And data, getting this data into our systems might not be a huge lift if there's already stuff that exists. And what's awesome is the industry has an incredible appetite to get this right. And it's something, it's kind of inspiring because I've been working on this in one way or another since 2005. I know Stu said that he's been working on this since for 28 years. And he's kind of frustrated with the fact that there was no adoption for the ideas that he's had. And I get it. Like, it's been super frustrating. But I don't think I've ever seen the industry as ready and hungry for change as it is right now. And there's a couple reasons for that. You look around the room and there's a lot of like, kind of older folks that are getting ready to retire. And those people are going to probably sell their stores to much younger people. And, and this is just based on anecdotal evidence that I've seen. When the 30-year-olds and the 35-year-olds the get in, um, they're digital natives. They can't believe that you still have a regular cash register and they want to put in a point of sale. And so those folks desperately need data. So um, I think we're going to see a seismic shift in the industry. And we're already seeing that as, as people kind of understand um, data and the data needs. So there's a ton of momentum right now. And um, there's a will. And it's something that retailers, publishers, and distributors have all shown support for. So next steps for you, if this is something that interests you, definitely join today. Um, there's so many more weeds that we can get into. If this technical detail is interesting and fun for you, you can get into them with the Comics Pro Data and Standards Working Group. Uh, the call to action is to create a uniform standards for comics, metafield files, publicize and enforce those standards across the industry, make necessary updates to the standards annually. Email Katie Pride at Katie at books with pictures.com to join the working group. Expect one two hour meeting a month plus some homework. Um, and I super encourage you as a retailer to join Comics Pro today. I honestly can't recommend Comics Pro enough. Um, Brian Hibbs of the Comics Experience in San Francisco says that Comics Pro is the most useful 72 hours of his year. Uh, visit their website for more. So go to comicspro.com org and of course if you're using managed comics um or if you're already got a shop uh, you should use managed comics um so i just want to be clear i did ma not make up all the words on those slides uh, those were provided by um katie and jess Stu, django and myself um and this is kind of a presentation that we did at comics pro so i don't want it to be thought of that this is my idea or my my thing. This is Katie is running with this right now. Um, I 100% uh, 
if I could a thousand percent support somebody, I would, but it's, you know, not, not technically possible. I can only get 100%. I support her with everything I possibly can. Um, it's an amazing idea. I love the fact that comics pro can be the organization that pushes this forward. And, uh, I'm really super excited about where this can go. Um, I think there's momentum that I've never seen before in the industry. And, uh, yeah, like who knew that the comics data would be something people would be jazzed about. Certainly not me. So that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, it's been 45 minutes, so this is not my tight 30 that I like to do with these things, but I think it was really important that we talked about this stuff. I will have some of these folks on in the future. Um, I definitely, you know, Django and our buddies. So we actually get to meet and hang out in person. So I will have Django on. I would love to have Katie on. I would love to have Jen Haynes on to talk about Comics Pro. Um, I'm super passionate about Comics Pro. Uh, and I think you guys should all look into it and join it and uh, be participants in it because it's something the industry needs. And I think it's something really good for your stores. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you again so much for your time. And we will see you in the meantime and in between times. Thanks. Thank